It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Screen Heroes, your film and TV podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely co-hosts, Ryan. Hi. And Ray. What's up? How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, I am looking forward to this podcast very much. Well, good. I'm glad because we're going to do it. This is happening. Ryan, how are you, Ryan? I am just wonderful. Thank you. Just wonderful. That's good. Very nice. Well, this week we are uh, taking a look back at 15 years of Sky High, the live action superhero comedy film um, that uh, is from 2005. Originally, we were going to do this next week because that's um, closer to its its actual anniversary. But uh, due to the, the passing of Kelly Preston, who stars in the film, we decided to move this up. Uh, it'd be a little more timely and appropriate this week. So if you are expecting our 30th anniversary review of Dick Tracy, that will be next week instead. So catch us for that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk some news. So let's do this. Let's talk news. Um, let's, let's begin with Star Wars. Let's get the Star Wars news out of the way. This week, Disney and Lucasfilm announced a new animated Star Wars series called Star Wars The Bad Batch, which will follow a group of special... Thought it was club- The Bad Bitch. Could mm, have had a bad bitch, non-committal, <laughs> anymore, and you have to pay rights. <laughs> um, Ryan, I think you're confusing it with the title Everybody Wants It to Have. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, that happens. Easy, easy mistake. I think people are just reading it that way at this point. Um, but the Bad Batch is a group of special clone troopers from the final season of The Clone Wars. And this show will apparently follow that group specifically in the wake of everything that, that goes on um, in The Clone Wars. I'm not a Clone Wars expert, so I'm not going to dive too deep into that. But it is slated for a 2021 release on Disney+. Plus. Guys, thoughts, concerns, musings? I don't know at all who the Bad Batch are, but everybody seems excited about this, and the cartoons have been pretty good for a long time, so I am, you know, cool with it. Yeah, I didn't watch the Clone Wars, so, you know, I I don't know. From what I heard, they were this uh, Bad Batch was really crammed in there probably specifically because they knew they were going to make a show about it. So it's just kind of shoehorned in. Um, but I'm excited. I, I've wanted to get into the Star Wars animation, but the animation style just threw me off on Rebels and on uh, Clone Wars. So hopefully this one is a little bit different, something that I can get into a little bit easier. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's certainly it's not the Ahsoka show that I think a lot of people were hoping to hear about. And that doesn't mean that won't happen. 
this just means this was the next thing in the pipe. And I think you're right, Ryan. I think this was probably planned from early on in season seven's development for the Clone Wars was how could they set up a spinoff? Um, the people involved in it from a production standpoint are all Star Wars animated people. Yeah, um, I mean, Dave Filoni alone is, you know, that's you know it's going to be good just because he's involved. That's definitely a huge plus, you know, but people from the Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance are all involved, as well as people from the Mandalorian. So this is definitely something that's getting a lot of focus and, and attention from the, the core Star Wars TV group. So I, I don't really have any concerns other than I just don't really know anything about those characters. Yeah. All right. Well, then moving on, we'll switch gears to DC. Um, so a couple of things. We have our new lead in the CW's Batwoman after Ruby Rose has stepped down. They were going to replace her with a new version of Batwoman. The character's name is going to be Ryan Wilder. So this is a different new version of somebody wearing the Batwoman cowl. And the actor who will be playing this role is Javicia, Javicia excuse me, Leslie. And she uh, will be taking over here in season two. Um, and just a, this is a, a statement from her uh, from um, Entertainment Weekly quote, I am extremely plot. Wow, I can't talk. I am extremely proud to be the first black actress to play the iconic role of Batwoman on television. And as a bisexual woman, I am honored to join this groundbreaking show, which has been such a trailblazer for the LGBTQ plus community. End quote. Uh, so this is cool. Uh, we, we now have our actor. So they move that along pretty quickly unless they had her in mind already for something on the cw uh thoughts initial reactions guys i don't know her from anything so Same. i'm hoping that she's good um you know the name ryan is always a strong powerful <laughs> name and associated with strong and powerful people so i'm sure the character is going to be great i did read that she's basic her character is basically the exact opposite of kate kane uh in terms of personality which actually makes me a little more excited for this show because i could not get behind the character the way she was portrayed. So yeah, I might, I may give it a second chance if it gets good reviews. I don't know. I've kind of backed off all the CW shows this season, but uh, you know, we'll see. I, I'm hopeful. I completely agree. I don't know too much about that actress, but she seems very excited and thrilled to uh, do this. So I'm, I'm behind people that have her, further fervor you totally you guys both are struggling off. tonight good thing yeah. you don't have to really talk very well for a podcast you yeah know? exactly <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway that's yeah fine. nice work rachel you're good thanks thanks guys um you can so far it's going great you can jump back in when you collect your thoughts uh to ryan's point about this this character being different what now nothing you, okay the, uh, Ryan's point to, about this being different from Kate Kane, uh, Ryan Wilder, according to the official character description, is uh, likable, messy, and a little goofy and untamed. She's actually uh, had years as a drug runner, dodging the Gotham City Police Department, um, and she lives in her van with her plant, which... Down by I, the river. I don't know if that's like a hint that Poison Ivy is going to somehow show up at some point, which, I mean, I'd be all down for that. More lesbians. <laughs> uh, so I, I like this line. A girl who would steal milk for an alley cat and could also kill you with her bare hands. That's pretty cool. Um, Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter. Highly skilled and wildly undisciplined. They do always say that about me. That's they true. They oh, do. was that? Oh, we're talking about... I'm just confused. There's so many Ryans. So, so many. <laughs> um and, you know, I, I'm, none of us are familiar with her, Javicia, but she's from uh, God Friended Me, The Family Business, MacGyver, and Always a Bridesmaid. She's uh, other shows that she's been a part of. And this Batwoman is not a character in the comics, right? She's a new character just for the show? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, this is a brand new character. That'll be interesting. And they, they wanted to make it really clear. So uh, Caroline Dries, uh, who is the showrunner, made it very clear that Kate Kane is not dead. They're not killing off Kate Kane, um, specifically because she wanted to avoid the, quote, bury your gaze trope. And so the disappearance of Kate Kane will be a central mystery in season two. How they'll wrap that up, maybe Ruby Rose shows up for a cameo or something along those lines to help them solidify the story. 
who knows but she is not dead at least yet maybe they'll That's have great. a cgi ruby rose <laughs> i don't know if the cw can afford that <laughs> they could do uh king shark i mean yes that is true they did king shark as as absolutely right um anything else on batwoman before we move on i'm nope. good okay let's talk batman so we had uh, officially announced this this week warner brothers along with hbo max will be debuting a brand new batman universe show that will focus on you guessed it the gotham city police department what all of us have wanted I know that's never happened before. We've never had a show like this, guys. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, you guys have never watched a show like this, I'll say. I watched six episodes of Gotham, thank mm-hmm. you very much. Out of five <laughs> seasons, yeah. I watched the first season. Uh, so this show will take place in continuity with The Batman, which is the Robert Pattinson film. And this all exists in its own universe, separate from the DCEU at this time. I want to stress that strongly because I anticipate that Pattinson's Batman will at some point merge with the rest of the TCEU, whether that's Flashpoint or something else. Not a whole lot to really say about this. It's going to focus on the Gotham Police Department. Um, we're going to be seeing Commissioner Gordon. Um, it's going to be a darker, grittier, more serious adaptation of basically what Gotham was trying to be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all we really know about it at this particular point. Uh, Jeffrey Wright will be reprising his role. He's playing Commissioner Gordon in the Batman, so he will also play Commissioner Gordon here. So he's the Coulson, I guess, of this Batman (laughs) universe. So he's going to die five times and come back throughout the course of the movie and shows? Yes. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, it is comic book stuff, right? So, you know, weirder things have happened. I mean, obviously, this is not like the world's most exciting comic book news, right? If they were going to make a new DC TV show, I don't think a Gotham City Police Department show would be high up on any of our lists. But does anybody have a positive spin on this? I mean, so when Gotham got first announced, I was excited about that. And I did enjoy the show, though I thought it could be more. This show being on a streaming service could be more like, you know, something like Titans or Doom Patrol. Um, and I think they can do a lot more with that. But also it's exciting because, uh, you know, if Pattinson is a good Batman, then we get an extension of that universe and we get to see a lot more of that Gotham. And, you know, right on paper, it might not be that exciting. But, you know, if if, if that Gotham in that movie is handled really well, then we'll be clamoring for new content, right? We, we want to see more things about that. And, uh you know, this is a good way to do it. I mean, it kind of sucks that everything that they can come out with is basically surrounding the Gotham City Police Department. You can only hear Commissioner Gordon yelling GCPD like a hundred times before it gets a little old, but um, I think there's some potential there. I want it to be good, you know, but who knows? And I mean, being on a big streaming service like HBO, we could get cameos from Pattinson. You know, that's not, that's not so outlandish. Um, and it's got an established Batman in universe Gotham. The problem with that was, you know, they had an eight year old kid that was, you know, gonna, supposed to be Batman growing up. Right. And nobody cared about Gordon. It, they just wanted to see Batman. And so the show had to kind of change focus. But with this, I, I mean, they haven't said when it takes place, but I assume that it's post Batman or like during Batman's reign. So mm-hmm. That's that's a big plus. They all know about Batman. It's not like they have to hide this or like make these villains, you know, kids so that they're not a way older than Batman. I don't know. I think that it, there's a lot more potential there. It's what probably Gotham should have been in the first place. But we'll see. It might might suck. Who knows? Ray, any thoughts you want to add to that? Well, this is not the show I've been asking for. Honestly, I would love to see. Um, an Arkham Asylum show feature the doctors. Like you feature some of the lesser known villains who have very interesting arcs like calendar man. And you, you make it dark and twisted and kind of a more mental thriller than anything else. Uh, I want to compare it to Brian Fuller's Hannibal 
because you get crime in there, but it really just messes with your head more than anything. And I think that would be more interesting to see, but we'll see. Like I, I have learned a long time ago not to completely pass judgment before I see something. And that's fair. That's totally fair. We've all guessed wrong before about different things. Um, and I, I'm with both of you guys. Um, I, I agree that I think an asylum show would be really freaking cool and have a ton of potential. I know. I have great ideas. <laughs> At the same time, I do think that this show does have the opportunity to do Gotham right. Um, by having Batman already exist as an adult, you can have these other bad guys without any problems. And I think that was one of the big hiccups for Gotham, at least for me and, and people who, you know, who, who cared about such things. Um, so yeah, so that's going to be a show that's coming up. Uh, anything else you guys want to add to that before we move on to our final news item? Uh, if that asylum show comes out, I want just royalties. Some, yeah. You want royalties? Yeah. I want money. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, so our last news article is kind of a somber one. Uh, Grant Imahara passed away um, today at the age of just 49 from a brain aneurysm. He passed away yesterday. Was it yesterday? I apologize. Yeah. Yesterday. Um, and this, this really bums me out. I really liked him. I've been watching him since the, you know, the very early days of him on Mythbusters. And he was in a fan production for Star Trek called Star Trek Continues. Um, and he, he does tons of robotic work. He's worked on the Star Wars films. You know, uh, Yeah, he was the one that redid all the R2-D2s for uh, the prequels and updated their electronics and everything. So he had a pretty big role and he was the like primary driver for all the R2-D2s in the prequels. Yeah. And he, that's pretty uh, huge. Mm -hmm, yeah. Absolutely. He was pretty beloved in the Star Trek fan community. He did lots of cosplay stuff and would go to conventions and things like that. And so he just always seemed like a really cool person, uh, incredibly you know bright and, and talented. And so it's just really sad. It's a sad situation and very sudden. And so I just wanted to, uh, you know, bring, bring this up, make sure that people were, were made aware of it. And, and that's it. I don't know if there's anything you guys would like to add to that. No, I, I mean, I first saw him in BattleBots and uh, yeah, later in Mythbusters and he was at Dragon Con one year when I was there. I didn't get to meet him, but I got to walk by him when he was going to the elevator once. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's everything I've read about him in the cosplay community and the bot community has been that he's just a wonderful human being. And I've never heard anybody say a negative thing about him. So it's always a, a tragedy when somebody who's an idol for so many people and in our case you know we're all makers we like to make stuff so um he's one of the best makers that was out there and the most inspiring ones so yeah it's it's difficult and you know my thoughts are with his family and friends out there that that's a terrible thing brain aneurysms are, aneurysms are scary as shit they can happen to anybody anytime and you don't you know you don't see it coming so it's it's tough mm -hmm. ray anything else you'd like to add no actually i have um surprisingly never really seen any of his work i never watched mythbusters and uh so his passing actually made me look more into his life and his career and he just seems like a really kick-ass kind of dude and dying so young so tragically so unexpectedly is incredibly unfair to him and his family so, you know, my, my grievances go out to them and I hope they're able to, you know, move on at their own pace and in peace. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. Um, of course, you know, Kelly Preston, uh, she, she passed away this week as well. Uh, she was battling cancer um, and, and lost that battle. That of course is, is very sad as well. Uh, and that's why we're, we moved up our review here of sky high because she plays Jetstream in sky high. So we'll be talking about that here after the break, but that is all that we have for news. So before we take a, uh, a quick break, is there anything else you guys would like to touch on? I just want to throw it out there. that ghostbusters afterlife had a big leak for the entire plot. I mean, we don't know how true it is obviously because the movie hasn't come out yet, but it seems extremely 
it seems like it's probably true. So if you don't like that kind of thing, then just be very wary of where you're going on the internet for the next six months. <laughs> for the next six, six months, yeah. <laughs> however long it is till the movie comes out, it's still a long ways off. So it's frustrating, but yeah. I can definitely understand that. And uh, more more movies are, are going to get delayed here. Uh, California just shut down all of its movie theaters again. And uh, there are rumors that Tenant will be pushed again. That seems to be like the first film, right? Whenever Tenant comes out is when the theaters will re be reopening, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't expect that to be happening in August based on everything that I've been reading. So I imagine we'll see a lot of delays and we're going to try our best to keep track of, of what that stuff is when things finally open back up. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a short break, and when we get back, we will be discussing Sky High on its 15th anniversary. What, what? It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. And we are back to talk sky high. 15 years later, the 2005 flick, a $35 million budget brought in 86 and a third million worldwide. So not an amazing haul, but you know, it certainly isn't a complete and total bomb. Um, this was actually my first viewing of the film. I had never seen it before, but you guys both have, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, um, yes, yes. How, just kind of in a, in a general sense, you know, spoiler warnings, right, for a 15-year-old film. Um, how did it hold up for you guys? Did it feel relatively the same, better, worse? And, and when was the last time you saw it? Let's, let's add that in as well. I don't actually remember when the last time I watched it was. It's been a while. I didn't see it in theaters or anything. I was a little too old, I think, for this movie to go see it in theaters. But uh, I think I saw it on TV, like cable TV, a, a year or two after it came out. Um, and I'd watched it several times since then, but nothing probably in the last eight years or so. Um, and I'd say, yeah, most of it most of it held up. The CG was worse than I remembered in a lot of spots and uh there was a couple spots where the writing was not great and you could tell that even the most seasoned actors on the set struggled with it a little bit but um yeah i think overall it held up and for i mean i think i'm pretty sure based on the time period that this was like shark boy and lava girl competition um so you know i this i never saw those but this i can't imagine them being better than this movie well, yeah, you're right. The The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl 3D came out in 2005. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Ray, what about you? Uh, same with uh, Ryan. I was late teens at that point, and so I didn't go see this movie in theaters. I immediately watched it like as soon as it came out on home video because I thought it looked really cute. And... Um, I do agree that the writing from start to finish is pretty bad. The movie is very paint by numbers with not a lot of innovation. So what really sells it for me is that some of these actors are 
just absolutely crushing it and they are delivering these lines so well that you know no, I just don't know if anybody else could have done it or they're really like seeing the the humor in it but I I think the problem with the film ultimately is that while the actors thought it could be like elevated superhero satire the movie wasn't marketed that way and i think the director went in thinking he was shooting the superhero harry potter <laughs> so it definitely seemed like they were trying to set something like that up right interesting what about you derek your first your first viewing yeah so um yeah i think i'm pretty much on par with you guys the cast is ridiculous like the cast is wonderful in this movie you've got you know, Kurt Russell and Kelly Preston, Danielle Panabaker, Mary Elizabeth Bruce Winstead, Campbell. Bruce Campbell, Linda Carter, Jim Rash, Dave Foley, and even Patrick Warburton is the voice of Royal Pain. Uh, like just a great cast across the board. And they all seem to at least be trying really hard and they seem to enjoy themselves. You know, um, the, I like some of the visuals, I think, you know, the, the costumes for the commander and jet stream are really fun. Things like that. You did that, forget about Cloris Leachman in that cast too. I did. You're hey. right. Yes. The nurse, she's wonderful in it too. I didn't even remember she was in it. Honestly, I was watching it and Marcy was like, oh my gosh, Cloris Leachman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the story though is so tropey and so easy to follow that like, like 10 15 minutes in you know more or less what the rest of the movie is but was it in 2005 i mean it's hard for me to go back and 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 know for sure but like i think so i i'm pretty sure when i watched it in 2005 2006 i knew exactly how it was gonna play out i didn't know how it was gonna get there but i knew that it was gonna end where it ended Cause like at the end of the day, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're superheroes and all that, but it's really a rom-com at the end of the day, right? Where the best friend is in love, but they don't know it. And then this new hot chick shows up, but she's bad news. Like, I feel like that story has been done a thousand times, you know, True. and they just did, they did it in a unique way by putting the superhero kind of skin on top of it all. And I think that that certainly makes it more entertaining, you know? Um, but it's just, just, um, I was hoping to be surprised at things and, um, I just wasn't apart from the cameos and the, and the actors that show up. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously they were really fun, fun to see those. I mean, like when Farva's the bus driver, I mean, it's just like, it's a fun, it's a fun little thing. Um, I think, you know, it just, it, it has a lot of the problems that you're like high school, you know, drama comedies have, um, you've got the bullies and they're very easy to pick out. They're very stereotypical, you know, two dimensional bullies and they're at a superhero school. So why are there bullies at a superhero school? Well, why are there villains at a superhero school? Well, but she, she's hiding herself as the villain though. These guys are straight up giving people swirlies at a superhero Academy. It's a high school. But are these guys really being trained to be superheroes? Like, that just seems like a massive flaw in the education system. I mean, are the wizards in Harry Potter trained to be good wizards? There's a difference. The word wizard is neither good nor bad, but superhero. It's implied that they're training them to be good, though. I mean, it's not like they're training them to be shitty, you know, killer wizards. You know, we don't know that considering how messed up Rowling is at this point. (laughs) That's true. She could have had nefarious plans from the beginning. I'm sure she'll tweet about how uh, they were training evil wizards there too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say to your point, Derek, something that, first of all, if for me, the adult actors on, on this rewatch carried the movie for me, the yeah. kid actors for the most part were pretty forgettable or you could have inserted anybody else in there and it would have been fine. Um, except Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but I'm pretty sure she was basically an adult at this point when this movie came out. I don't know. I feel like she was older than the rest of the cast. But um, she was 21 at the time. Well, she okay? Yeah, that but that makes sense. Th- the ages actually work out. So they're they're all older than they should be, right? They're all playing down, but they are the same, the correct age distance freshman, and because she's a senior. Sure. If okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. So. Um, the other thing to, to your 
point about uh, everything being predictable and tropey. Like on this rewatch, having now done 200 episodes of the show and now I can't go into a movie without a cynical eye. Every single <laughs> character was wearing like the most representative colors for their personality and uh, or their power set or their power set. You know, yeah. you've got Will Stronghold is wearing red, white, and blue, just like his parents, right? The whole movie, different outfits, but it's always red, white, and blue. Uh, the, uh, the tree chick is always wearing green always. And then she's so over the top hippie. Like they, they do everything except say she's a vegan. You know, uh, and they might have done that at some point. And I, I just think missed they it. do. They um, said that she's vegetarian. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. The the glowing guy always wears neon yellow, right? Like the the war and peace. Come on, <laughs> and he's only wearing black and red. Like it was just everything about the characters was so one dimensional. Other than the adults, I mean, I th- even some of them were one dimensional. But I think Kurt Russell like brought so much to Commander the Commander that they didn't even need or want they probably didn't even write it into the movie but just the way he is he brought so much more to that role um i don't know the the adults definitely carry it the adults were great the fact that two of the teachers well the main two that we see are former kids in the hall oh yeah like they played off of each other so well and they delivered their lines just incredibly i i don't know how many times like if anybody steps on my foot, I say it just like Medulla. And honestly, the prosthetics for Medulla were really good. Like I was oh, looking yeah. for seams and stuff and, and like flaws in that makeup, but it was actually really good and held up the whole time. And the mm-hmm. way he could move his head was very mm-hmm. natural still too. It didn't seem like he was wearing heavy prosthetic. So kudos to whoever was in charge of that. I'm sure they're watching. Well, right. and, and, and while the commander and Jetstream's costumes were cheesy, I actually thought they looked pretty good for what they were going for. Oh, yeah. They were very well built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2005, it was a different era of superhero costuming, right? We didn't have, you know, a lot of the movies that we have now. So, yeah, they were they were pretty great. Most of the costumes back then in 2005 or earlier, they like we had the X-Men, which was complete leather. We had Spider-Man, which was a textured spandex. So the fact that we got like this really cool, comfy, breathable pleather outfit that they were wearing, it just looked amazing. The fun fact about those, I did look it up. Uh, Kurt Russell's suit actually had a cooling system built into it but jet streams did not because hers was so skin tight they couldn't fit it in there oh that tracks yeah right Uh, that tracks um now there are some things i really like about this movie though because like we reviewed x-men recently on its 15th anniversary and i would absolutely watch sky high again and i have very little interest in ever watching x-men again well because in the end sky high is just a lot of fun it's predictable and like like i said earlier the the tone is mismatching i i feel that like some people thought it was satire and other people didn't so it's still a lot of fun i still laugh every time i see it yeah and boomer is great like oh yeah i'm pretty sure that they just again like commander i feel like a lot of the adults they wanted to be like just basic one-dimensional characters because it's a kids movie right the kids are supposed to be the ones that are the focus is on but all the adults were much more complex characters and the kids were just boring but boomer was one of them he was hilarious his feet like the fact that he has a feud going back with the commander and stuff like that i mean you can't hire bruce campbell and kurt russell and all these other linda carter and everybody else and expect you know that they're not going to steal the show of course they're, yeah the kids in the hall guys i don't know their names but yeah they're they're all great it's and they do steal the show. I actually would much rather watch a sequel to see what the adults do and how they react to the kids around them. Like, yeah, the kids are going to save the day, but the adults are going to make all the best comments. And I think it, it does go back to show like the quality of writing here because the kids were all relatively young. A lot of these people didn't have a ton of experience acting, but the parents, they all did, right? These are all seasoned actors that we had already loved by the time this movie came out. So they could bring something 
to the writing that was from their experience, right? Like Kurt Russell already had his career. So he knew he could just kind of do whatever he wanted to do with this character and bring whatever life he wanted to, to it. The same with Bruce Campbell and all of these others. And like, look at the, the relationship between commander and Jetstream. Like their, their just relationship is a really nice bright spot in this movie. I, their chemistry is really good. Their banter is really good. The yeah, they way... don't really fight. They're just good parents and trying to do the best they can. It's true. Mm-hmm. You don't see that in movies very often, really. And like when you see like, you know, because the commander's a little cocky, right? He's a little egotistical because he's like the guy, but she's she's carrying him around and they go down the poles together and, you know, they're both, you know, they take the lead at different times. I think that's a really good point point because literally she is carrying him yeah. literally <laughs> yeah i mean they caught their power sets complement each other and i like that, that. i yeah. just i felt i really felt like the two of them could have just been a couple in real life you know what i mean it felt like a real relationship um and it just was nice so that was like a really big bright spot but again it was the, the adults the adults really had whatever their experience was prior to this they were able to fill in all of those blanks and i think that 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 shows what good actors can do with not so great content. Did you guys like the part where uh, Kurt Russell says that there's going to be big trouble and then basically turns and looks at the camera and waits for everybody to go, ah, he said the thing. Yeah, that was pretty great. Okay. Yeah, it stood out to me too. I don't know if I remember catching that before, but he might as well have just like looked at the camera and winked at that point. That was pretty great. Um, I, so talking about Boomer for a minute, because, you know, I love Bruce Campbell so much. Oh, we all I, do, I think. The the placement scene where the kids have to show their powers. I love that idea so much. And I think it's so cool. Like, it is kind of like the sorting hat version in this universe, right? Mm-hmm. But it gives the kids a chance to show who they are and what they can do. And It also makes you think of, like, back to high school. If you had to be put on a stage in front of all your classmates and show a talent like if you were forced to be in the talent show you know how would that make you feel it gives you or at least for me it gives me anxiety thinking about if i had to do that you know it's terrible but i do love that scene it's great i like to sing and every once in a while that fact would get out and people would immediately put me on the spot and be like yeah exactly uh just like that and it would always you know kind of bother me but I have confidence in my talent so I would usually end up doing it the thing here is like you don't want to show off your powers unless you're going to be a hero (laughs) right exactly everybody else was like nope not gonna do this except for Zach (laughs) one of the first instances though of of, uh, Danielle Pennebaker's character like being a little too over the top with the like peaceful hippie thing and she's you know I I only believe in using my powers for good and I don't, I can't show them off and everything. It's like, okay, come on. Like we get it. Honestly, her character is very grating until yes. um, she, she talks to him on the rooftop and she gets better and better as it goes, but she is sitting there in their uh, nook eating breakfast and well she's going to and they offer her all this food and she says you know how my mom can talk to animals turns out they don't like to be eaten like you didn't have to say it like that get right? over yourself danielle pennebaker right you did not have to say it like that you didn't have to be a jerk that's what i'm saying caitlin snow get your shit together that goes back to the writing though you know like they wanted to prove that like this girl's already a super she has a super powered mother at a minimum right and it's just clunky writing and she's a kid she was young she was a teenager and she was just trying to do what she could with with those lions i think is really the problem okay maybe you guys can answer this question for me about her character okay there's the scene where she's on the roof with will mm-hmm. and she says something about when life hands you lemons or whatever and then there's an apple and she hands it to him and she says i can't make lemons for some reason is there a significance to that like that why was that line there I think they just wanted to show that uh, she still has stuff to learn as well, that she doesn't have complete control over her powers. I guess. That just seemed like a big waste of time to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it also was a reflection of that dichotomy where the movie doesn't know what it is, because that's a very parody line, right? That's something you would see in satire, where a character's powers are just like silly restrictions, 
you yeah, know, like she can't make lemons. Right. You know? Um, and so like, that's for me, that was an example of that. We're like, that's a satirical line, but then later there's stuff that happens that makes you think they don't know it's a satire. Okay. And it makes me feel better that there like, wasn't some hidden significance that I was missing. No. And there was part- a couple spots in this movie like that, where I was like, there's, there's a line here where they're specifically drawing attention to something. What, you know, and then it never pays off. I mean, maybe the idea was like in the climactic fight with her and the 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 girl who can duplicate herself, the cheerleader. Maybe instead of doing a bunch of vines like poison ivy, she was gonna do something with lemons, and they couldn't do it for some reason. You know, and she was gonna be like, "Oh, look, I can do lemons now," or whatever. Oh God! Um, but like this movie has has a lot of those types of issues, though, where it's like it, it is satirical, but then at the same time, the, they're actually trying to make a really interesting point about classism and segregation and discrimination and that type of thing. And there's a really good underlying point there. And it's through the entire film since it's the sidekicks that save the day, right? Hero support and all of that. But it's overshadowed by the silliness, by the satire, by the clunky writing. Yeah. It's like undercut, you know? For sure. No, I, I don't know. That's all I had. On. Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I was just nodding because, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it made sense. Um, so what do you guys think about uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character uh, who, you know, she turns out to be the big bad for for the whole movie? Um, uh, Gwen and Royal Pain. Did you do you think that that worked? Didn't work? What, what's your thought on that? I have some opinions. I absolutely adore their little attempt at a twist. And I like that she wasn't just a uh, bad guy, you know, that she wasn't just the kid of a bad guy since they had already kind of had that with. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warren, but um, she was the original bad guy that her weapon backfired on her and Jim Rash had to be her dad. <laughs> Oh man. So, so here's, here's my issue with, and it has nothing to do with Mary at all. I think she's fine in this, but um, they didn't need to do the yearbook thing uh, early on because there could have been a cool twist here where, where not only is she Royal pain, but she's the original Royal pain. She's not even the daughter. It's the same person. Like that could have been a twist, but because you see the yearbook early on and it just straight up looks like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, you're my brain just went to, Oh, so it's just her then. Yeah. Right. And so when there's the big reveal, I'm like, well, yeah, you already showed me that. And it could have been a cool moment. Yeah, no, I mean you're 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 right. I, it wasn't something that bothered me when I when I first watched this back, you know, years ago. But then rewatching it with my girlfriend, uh, she was like, "Okay, obviously there's something happening here." You know, she she was able to predict all this stuff before it happened super easily. Um, you know, so it's yeah that I think that was a little bit too much. They probably could have done without that first yearbook showing. Mm-hmm. Well, and like her plan is predicated on one, on on one thing, that will, uh, well, yeah, will will brings her down to the secret sanctum. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do that in that moment, because the parents show up within like twenty minutes, right? If he doesn't do it right then, she has no plan. The whole thing falls through. Absolutely, she never gets the <laughs> pacifier back. Right, and so like it's such like so that's such a tiny window. And Will is such a freaking idiot to let that happen after it's literally the one rule he has as a high school age child can do whatever he wants, except that one thing uh, that kind of just, you know, that's not good. That's not good narrative. Yeah. When, when uh, the commander first brings him down to the sanctum and like is outside the door, he's like, now remember Will. No one comes into the sanctum. You can't ever bring anyone to the sanctum. And he's just super heavy handed with it. I, I leaned over my girlfriend. I was like, don't worry. That definitely won't come up later. 
mean, right, he, yeah. It's such a well, like such a he ridiculous... destroyed the cafeteria, and he was rewarded with an Xbox. Right, and also his power levels are like so off. Like, so he can he's struggling to lift War and Peace in that cafeteria. Yes, like it shows him like he's like wobbly with it and everything. But then by the end of the movie, he can literally like fly and hold up a, a an island full of people. And well, I mean, his, there's some his, issues with that too because yeah. he he catches it on the roof of a house. But now, for, right? <laughs> forget how strong he is for a minute. What about the roof? There's still weight involved. The roof isn't that strong. Right. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, that is a super roof there. Yeah. So that that doesn't really work. And like, I think. Yeah, of course, we don't know a whole lot about this universe. Maybe it's just the way it works that a child gets the exact same powers as their parent. Maybe that's the case. But it just seemed way too simple and convenient for him to just have the exact same carbon copy powers as his two parents. Agreed. Especially when they're like, they're early on, they're like, well, I'm sure he has super strength. And she's like, oh, well, I hope he can fly. And they're, you know, they're fighting, not really fighting, but you know, they're both telling how great it would be if he had one of those powers. Mm-hmm. And then why not just give them both? You know, come on, get out of here. Cause they, they had to have him try and save the day at the end of, of the thing. Right. Like that's the thing. Like it's all just a little too telegraphed, you know, it's a little too, too tropey. Um, I do really like Royal Payne's powers though. The idea of a technopath is something that's so rarely actually used and touched on in any comic booky superhero anything. Honestly, aside from Cyborg, who uh, was given these powers, really, I have only ever seen this once before, and that was in Heroes. The little boy could do oh, it. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he would like he figured it out. He would talk to credit card machines and telephones, and it was really cool. He still didn't like build stuff. He could communicate with it just by touching it. So yeah, I think you, you don't usually see the technopaths that like have powers to build stuff. You just see mm-hmm. smart people inventing their stuff, like Tony Stark, right? Right. You know, that's about the closest as you usually see, or even Batman when he makes his gadgets or whatever. If Lu- or Lucius, you know, that, that's the closest you really get to a mainstream uh, technopath. But yeah, that was cool to see. She could just like wave her hand, and then shit all came together to turn into whatever she wanted. And it's kind of a shame. Like this, this movie is 15 years old now and nobody else has decided to try and make a character like that. Seems like a huge missed opportunity considering how much technology is just everywhere all the time in our lives. It's true. Maybe they think that a character like that would be too powerful because of all the technology that's in our lives. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. So is there any one power set in that you see in the movie that you really would have wanted, like something that really stuck out to you is cool. Oh, I've always wanted the plant thing. Always between poison Ivy and this character. Like I've always wanted to help make things grow, to control them, to, you know, just feel at home around them. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of boring. I, I'd take, I'd take the will stronghold flying and super strength powers because there's a lot you can do with that. I mean, the, the plant stuff is cool, too. I mean, that's definitely up there. But, you know, I, 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 I like Superman. And, you know, that's basically Superman powers. He, he's so such a versatile character that can do so many things. And with powers like that, you know, that, that can be very handy. Yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, for people who know me, I would take the Technopath thing in a second. That sounds like the coolest freaking power. And if we all work together, we'd be like the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> be our own trinity so what else what else can we touch on in this movie is there anything else that stands out to you either good or bad i think it's a shame that it didn't get any sequels or a spinoff tv show anything like that it was one of those disney movies that just got buried and a little forgotten but going back and seeing the fighting of the tones throughout the whole thing, it doesn't surprise me if it had gone the whole satire way, it could have been, you know, like a zombie land or um, a cabin in the woods or something for the superhero genre. And we could have gotten like a bunch of sequels, a bunch of like, or at least a cult following behind it. And if it had gone a little bit more super serious, then 
yeah, we could have probably gotten like six or seven sequels. Honestly, I think this would be like really good if they rebooted it as like a Disney Plus TV show or something like that. Um, There's a lot more like, you know, when you think about like a a Harry Potter TV show, right? This is basically superhero Harry Potter. There's a lot of stories you could tell. You could do all these different powers and they don't have to cost a lot of money. Um, Something like that would be would make a ton of money i'm pretty sure they do very well with that i mean you could even make it a cartoon and you know sure. other than obviously the the sad loss of uh, of kelly preston you could bring back the entire cast yeah or follow a different family yeah. i mean there's so much you can do in a universe like that uh, there's just the idea of it is very cool you know having all of the teachers in the school i mean you could bring back all of those teachers and have them do these voices you could even make it a couple of years later you know and maybe the kids we started with are now seniors and maybe you could do you a know. bottle episode where we get to see Medulla's past or like, you know. Oh, I would love like that. that. Yeah, that'd be there cool. Yeah. So I just, you know, there's some a lot of flexibility with that type of thing. And I think that, you know, cartoons are overlooked a lot now with for kids shows. There's so many live action kids shows, but cartoons can just can be just as good. Um, sometimes better in many cases, you know. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, just some final thoughts from me. Um I think it's really cute. I think it's really fun. I love this cast just completely, just inside and out. They're really, really great. Um, and I think that it just wasn't quite sure what it was trying to be when, because of the clunky writing and it just wasn't very original from a narrative standpoint. The ge- the the skin on top of it, the superhero high school and all of that, I think was really brilliant. Yeah. I agree, yeah. I think, I think that's why Rachel and I both appreciate this movie. Absolutely. And now you. And now me. Yeah, that's true. Some fun facts about the movie for you guys. You want some fun facts? Absolutely. Let's do this. Uh, okay. Um, Cloris Leachman, who was the nurse, uh, she was in the Wonder Woman TV sh- series as Quinn and Queen Hippolyta, which was the mother of Wonder Woman. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Her character's name is Nurse Specs, by the way. And I yeah, with love X-ray that. vision. Uh-huh. It's not on the nose at all. So that good. is the best application of X-ray vision I've ever seen. You know, yeah, that everybody was cool. everybody talks about how they would see into bank vaults or be a complete perv. And here she is, <laughs> you know, a medical professional, and I love it. Another fun fact for you. Kurt Russell and Mary Elizabeth Winstead would p- portray the main protagonists in The Thing in 1982, as well as the prequel, The Thing, in 2011. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also starred in uh, Death Proof together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. They had zero scenes together, but they were still in the same movie. <laughs> well, they only have two scenes together. In the, or, well, I guess three scenes together in this one. Unless mm-hmm. you count the baby version of Kurt Russell. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the ending where they all turn to babies. I love it. I think it is so ridiculous and over the top. It's probably one of my favorite aspects of the movie because killing people is so cliche for big villains that turning them all into babies and raising a super villain army is hilarious. The, my only problem with it is in retrospect like as a revenge plot it's great but the gun was designed before there was a need for the revenge because it's what causes her to turn into a baby so what was the original motivation for building that weapon probably just to get you know kurt russell out of the way because he was a dick because he was a dick (laughs) in high school yeah he was a dick could be also can we just take a quick moment to appreciate that jim rash's character stitches was the same age as Royal Payne and at the tender age of 18 decided he was going to raise his boss as his daughter. I mean, way to step up Jim Rash. It's a yeah, weird, yeah. but yeah. He might be a villain, but he's a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> as long as no one with six arms comes near his daughter. Uh, I will say I will say as as far as this movie was very telegraphed, the pacifier weapon did surprise me. I did not; it did not occur to me that it was going to turn people into babies. That was not something <laughs> that crossed my mind. I assumed that it was going to either remove their powers or make them just like completely docile. 
Well, with a name like the Pacifier, that's probably what they wanted you to to take right. from it. So I will say they did get me there. Fair is fair. In a not so fun fact. Oh boy. Aww. The beginning of the movie, Commander says he just saved the Superdome from collapsing. This movie uh, was released one month before Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans yeah. and uh, severely damaged the Superdome. I didn't make that connection. That isn't a fun fact. But I said it was a not so fun fact. Yeah, yeah that's. I prefaced uh, it. That is that is interesting timing. This is a fun fact. Oh, okay. This this is the second movie in which Kelly Preston plays a real estate agent. Do we <laughs> know what the first one is? No. No guesses. Oh, uh, is it Jerry Maguire? It is not Jerry Maguire. Okay, then no, I don't know. <laughs> Derek, is it is it twins? It is not twins. It's not it's the Cat in the Hat. Oh my god! She's yeah. in that. She's the mom in the Cat in the Hat. Oh, I, I never saw that. Associate her with the mom. Gotcha. I never saw a Cat in the Hat. Okay. Well, that's basically all my fun facts. Those so are fun sorry. facts. Okay. I hope that's they were okay. fun enough for you. They they were quite fun. Very very yeah. fun. Yeah. I do want to say that that scene where uh, Will Stronghold gets the first kiss on the cheek and then like jumps on the streetlight in the middle of the street that was really bad looking it, was. it looks like they took construction paper and like cut out the shape of a streetlight and will stronghold and just like spun it around in front of the film it was so bad that's that's fair yeah yeah that's definitely fair. the cgi was definitely lacking and like uh, with uh daniel panabaker's um trees and stuff it was generally not great also it was okay like in the final fight when it like came up behind her and broke all the windows and she was fighting that like multiple, the chick that could make multiple copies of herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then like, you know, when she f- goes up on the roof to meet Will and stuff like that, it looked pretty bad, but it's 2005 kids film, you know, I can't be too hard on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I do love the CGI on multiple girl on Penny because they use twins for mm-hmm. it and maximum there was a, uh, six of her and it looked just really good always she never looked bad it's true there you go uh we could talk about warner brothers pettiness for a second if you guys would like so um linda carter plays president uh, president principal powers uh she should be president um and you know she played wonder woman that was kind of like her real big iconic role well, originally they were going to have her wear gold bracelets as kind of a nod to that character, but Warner Brothers told them no. But they were okay with her saying, I'm not Wonder Woman, when she walks out of the detention room. I don't think they can stop that because it's a pop culture character that's just a reference. But know? I mean, gold bracelets are just a re- I mean, all kinds of people wear gold bracelets. I think because it's a design choice. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's kind of the key difference, I think. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I still don't really get it. I mean, like I said, it's petty. It's definitely petty. It's a, It's not... We like, all know Warner Brothers is never petty, so I don't believe yeah. it. It's not It's not a uh, mature decision, you know? Because, like, look, you either got the reference and that would have been a cool little note, or you it, it just would have been bracelets and nobody would have cared. Yeah. All right. Well, we're coming in on our hour mark here. Anything else, guys, that you would like to touch on? No. Kurt Russell should do more kids' movies. Yeah, he yeah. should. I agree. I agree. He was the Christmas one he did. That was a kids' movie, and that was pretty good too. Claws or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was really good. It. I enjoyed it though. Fair enough. All right. Well, then we will wrap things up this week. So next week we will be looking at the live-action Dick Tracy movie, celebrating 30 years of that movie. Um, and Unless somebody else dies this week, and then we might move it around again. Well, let's, let's hope, hope that not. does not happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, sorry. Let's let's hope that doesn't happen. Yes. Uh, so one thing I just want to do. So we we've had a Patreon for a really long time, and it's not really everybody's thing. It's totally cool. If you at all want to help support the show in any financial way, we do have a coffee, which is ko fi. Uh, if you go to ko fi.com slash heroes podcasts, you can buy us a coffee. Really, what that just means is you throw us a few bucks to help pay for domains, website hosting, equipment, uh, paying for Zoom services for us to do our online recordings and live streams, all that kind of good stuff. So it can be a one-time thing. You can do it as often as you want. So there's no subscription requirements. So 
there's something that you could check out if you'd like. Otherwise, you can just subscribe to the show. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict. If you drop us a review, we will read your review on the show. You can review us on Apple Podcasts. You can review us on Podcast Addict. Uh, wherever you do it, just go ahead and, and let us know, and we'll be sure to, to read your review. Ray, where can people find you if they'd like to talk to you about nerdy stuff? I am at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Ryan. I am at the Star Trek dude on Twitter. <laughs> so tweet at me and tell me how much you love my opinions. And I'll make sure I reply to every single one personally. It's true. He will. As, as luck would have it, it's a strange coincidence. I'm also at the Star Trek dude on Twitter and Facebook. It's super weird, but you can actually find all three of us in our Facebook group, our screen heroes, Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash screen heroes. You can talk to us about movies, TV. We do polls. Uh, today we had a lovely poll just talking about some of the lyrics in the original Ninja Turtles cartoon theme song. Uh, we've got a, tournament bracket going up right now about the live action x-men films rachel posts very thought-provoking things in there all the time she has a very popular post today talking about musicals you'd want to see Mm -hmm. yeah we post uh, trailers and just tons of cool stuff so come talk to us in there it'd be a good time otherwise uh, you can find us at screen heroes pod on twitter or heroespodcasts.com and heroes podcast network on facebook thanks everybody we'll catch you next week Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus